0: I'm Alyssa.
1: I'm Alyssa. And I am not Alyssa. This is 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. So we have exciting, happy local news today. Um, The HB1, SB2, the bill that would terminate the parental rights of a rapist passed both the Maryland Senate and the Maryland House. It passed the House um, unanimously, which is awesome. So we don't have, we don't yet have a day for when it's going to Hogan's desk to be signed. Previously, he said he's in support of it and it's about time and blah, blah, blah. It's like the one positive thing we ever had to say about Larry Hogan. Um, but the other thing to note is that this, it's not like some laws where, this will take into effect January first, twenty twenty, or something like this. Is one of those laws that immediately goes into effect, which is also really cool. But um, we want to thank everyone who's worked on this throughout the years. It's been it's been like nine years. It's been a long time coming, and this is just the result of a lot of hard work and perseverance. And we're super excited about it. I mean it's a it's a sad thing, but it's it's just. It's another way we can support women and victims of domestic abuse and sexual assault and all that awful stuff. Um, so that was good. And then this past weekend, EB1 and EB2, you guys went to the women's legislative briefing. So um, I think we're – do you guys want to tell us about it? I was super bummed I couldn't go and had serious, like, FOMO, but, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, this was only my first one, um, so I thought it was uh, great. I have nothing—I have nothing to which to compare it um, in terms of um, the speakers or anything like that. But I, I felt like the speakers were dynamic. Um, EB1 and I went to a president's networking meeting and um, met with people from uh, other groups, leaders from other groups, to uh, talk about the goals from the year before and if they had been met and how we could do better in the future um, so that was really neat and um, yeah EB1 what did you what did you think
0: um well I thought the I I went last year so this is my second time um, I thought that the sessions that I went to this time um, I, I found it to be more a little bit more interesting than last year. Last year was still good and I still learned a lot last year but I liked my sessions this year. Um, one thing I didn't so much like was that I think they ran behind and so there was like no time to go around to all the exhibitors to meet people. Last year I remember, um, there was lots of time you can go around and chat with people from other organizations about what they're working on and what, you know, you can collaborate with. This year there was, like, absolutely no time to do that, I feel like.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I wonder if I wonder if some of the people... It would have been nice if we had gotten that, too. I wonder if, like, some of the people who weren't at that President's Networking got a little bit more time than we did.
0: I guess. But I feel but like... you're right. It la- would have been
2: nice if we could do both.
0: I feel like last year it, there was longer breaks maybe in between the sessions Uh um because i i definitely remember going around to like a bunch of different tables and and getting like flyers and their little pamphlets and whatever saying what they did
2: yeah they also had some of them in a room this year rather than just in the hallway was that true last year
0: i think that was new this year
2: yeah Because I didn't go in that room at all. Like I didn't know. I have no idea what tables were in that separate room.
0: Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't have any time to go there. Yeah. Um, And I remember at I spent a lot of time at the Montgomery County Now table or Maryland Now table talking to people about our chapter. And this year I talked to like one person for maybe two minutes.
1: Just because you didn't have a lot of time between sessions
0: yeah because the opening thing I went went like 15 minutes late or something so everything was pushed back mm. and they there oh, was I like see. no break time.
1: I see
2: yeah. Were there any like interesting like bills you guys heard about during the Yeah so we can each pick a session to talk about and then in our ne- on our next podcast we'll pick our other session because they're they, are, they are, like Alyssa was saying they were really good. I thought yeah like they were great and really extensive. Um, and they knew what people were there for. They wanted to know what bills to support. They wanted to know what was coming down the pike. Um, so that part was good. Um, E.B., one you want to go first?
0: Uh, I went to, um, a panel on reproductive rights and another one on economic justice. Um, the reproductive rights one, Diana Phillip from NARA Pro-Choice Maryland. Uh, she was talking about the legislation they just introduced, earlier this week on, uh, getting access to, um, menstrual products for women serving in state prisons. Um, so that's something that they're going to be working on in this current session. Um, there's also the president of Planned Parenthood, Maryland, um, who is talking about the work that Planned Parenthood has done in the state for the last 90 years. Um, and another woman who, is from AARP of Maryland. Um, she was talking about um, the importance of uh, access to Medicare for um, older older people in the state. Uh, she gave an example of why it's important to have affordable health care, um, saying that only 30 people who live in the state of Maryland who have Parkinson's disease can afford a specific medication for the disease. Um... Because if they don't have insurance or if their insurance isn't covered by it, it costs $30,000 a month, which is absurd. Um, And um, a lot of it, because there was uh, the person from NARAL and the person from Planned Parenthood was about um, reproductive health. And Diana from NARAL, she mentioned that in 2019, January 2019, pharmacists in Maryland Are going to be able to prescribe multiple different forms of birth control. She said uh, a few other states have this on the books already so Maryland is going to be modeled after that um, or after those laws Um, and she said that's really important because most Marylanders live within a five-mile radius of a pharmacy but they don't all live that close to a family planning center so having pharmacists um, able to prescribe that medication to women and girls is important.
2: I'm, I'm emphatically nodding at that. So, <laughs> Alyssa, I don't know if you were standing there, I mean, I knew you were standing there, but I think you were speaking to someone else, and the brief moments that we were at the table, um, that I thought I'd just bring up now for us to discuss, because it's related, that an older woman, um, who came over to the table, I won't say who, what candidate's shirt she was wearing, but she's certainly a Democrat. Yeah, a voter who's a Democrat. Um, Came over to ask me uh, why we focus so much on abortion? Why don't we focus on birth control? and everyone can get, who who wouldn't get behind birth control? Everyone can get behind birth control. No, and not she everybody. Said, right. and <laughs> That's a problem. Right. And she said, you know, a fetus, maybe, have, you know, some people might feel like they might have feelings, but birth control, everyone can get behind it. That was her comment to me. So, um, I would just, I, I know how I answered it. I'm sure you guys would answer it the same way. Um, she was keeping in mind that she was old and frail and I wasn't gonna like start pushing her into a wall and telling her about birth control but um, I don't know know, maybe we (laughs) could talk more about what we mean by reproductive justice that's what I tried to explain to her that when someone says reproductive justice yes of course abortions involved uh, included under that umbrella but like what other things do we include under the umbrella of reproductive justice for women um, but I knew she was. I just I wanted it to be clear that she was not a like. I could tell she was a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. But here, here's the problem,
1: right? Like, like we have to first of all to say who's against birth control. Lots well, of people. Like, the entire Trump administration. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Like, like Hobby many, Lobby. <laughs> the Hobby Lobby decision. Look, Come on.
1: Appointed are against birth control. So in order to make a difference in this world, we need to get out of our our own bubble. Like, that's the thing. Like, I read something once that said, like, our goal should be that no woman ever has to have an abortion because she has free access to birth control and easy access to birth control. However, abortion should be available yeah. in cases. Like, that's that's how I feel. Like, throw birth control at everybody. Like, no woman wants to, wakes up in the morning and It's like, I want to have an abortion. Yeah. And we need to... We just need to kind of, like get ourselves out of our own echo chamber and realize how other people like who's against birth control are you freaking kidding me
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I, I also kind of said to her if you have a line at all then someone else can have a line that's more conservative than yours Yeah. so like I, I, the answer is to have no lines once you put the line at abortion yeah. then someone else can put the line at birth control then someone just, else can put the line at something else
0: I just don't even understand that her, her comment, though, because, like, there are laws that now exclude employers from being able to provide birth control to women based on the employer's perceived morality. Yeah. So, like, are, uh, obviously it, it's not even, like... It's not even true.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I... But that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I know. I think, I think some progressive people are stuck in their own echo chamber and don't number one don't pay attention to certain issues that don't matter to them that they think they're safe on and we've talked about this before how people think we're safe in Maryland against certain things and it's just not true but
2: yeah and they need to get out of their echo chamber well she was like I just want to hear the words birth control more and I told her about our our like when they were trying to pass the the limits to birth control, and we did the hands off my birth control thing on social media, and I was like, you know, when we say reproductive justice, we mean everything. We mean sex education, we mean birth control, we mean prenatal care, we mean abortion, we mean postpartum care for postpartum depression and postnatal, like, we mean any reproduction or products
0: for uh, people in prison or homeless people that we collect for at our meetings.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's Everybody, also like, reproductive. No
1: one versus. is above or below it. Yeah, it, it should be for everyone, right? You know, it it should. That's why the justice word is there, reproductive justice.
2: So uh, that's frustrating. I mean, I hope I hope maybe after that she went to the same panel you did, yeah, <laughs> and heard what you heard.
0: I don't know who it was, so but maybe she did. Yeah, yeah. They anyway, were definitely I talking like about birth control. She,
2: yeah, I I don't know. I think I think it's. In, I just think it's important to keep talking about like what you what you were just saying, Alyssa, like about the bill around getting menstrual products to women in prison. Like that's that's all part this is all part of it. A woman's reproductive system involves a lot more I mean, abortion is absolutely healthcare and absolutely yeah. vital to the conversation, but so is all this other stuff. Yeah. And Alyssa, like you were saying, the pharmacy bill. Like that's important stuff. You think about you have to think
1: about we all live near a pharmacy. Yeah. You know, the, Even the people in the most rural parts of the state live near a pharmacy, might not be near a Planned Parenthood, might not be near a non-conservative doctor who will prescribe. Like That's also an important part of the conversation, that this particular bill expands access. Yeah. And that should totally be part of the conversation.
0: Yeah. Actually, Diana was saying that the bill is pretty controversial. Um, I'm sure people find it controversial because they're against birth control, but she was also saying, um, people who are, like, pro-birth control and pro-choice are worried that people would not go to a physician, yeah. um, and just, like, skip getting actual care rather than just a pill, um, yeah. so, uh, we'll see, we'll yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah. Like,
1: I totally get that, and I, it, and there are, and I wonder... I know nothing about this, and I probably should look it up. But I wonder if it's limited to certain forms of birth control, because some birth control pills you do have to have monthly blood tests and all that, because um, I think Yasmin was one of them, if that's still around. So I wonder if it's if there's parameters around it. But yeah, I totally hear that.
0: Yeah. Um, also, I just want to clarify that this is optional for pharmacists. It doesn't require them to. Prescribe birth control but um if they opt in they can do it
2: oh well that's also nice that's interesting i wonder what that does in the rural parts of the state because like i know places where um there have been things where pharmacies say carry plan b but the person dispensing medicine yeah. has a moral issue with dispensing plan b yeah and like, not that that's legal, but it causes, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if yeah. a pharmacist in a rural area opts into that.
1: Yeah, like if Walgreens opts in. Like, right. Like, is it Walgreens that opts in, or is it the individual pharmacist
0: right. that opts
2: in? All good questions. Interesting. Yeah.
0: That I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wonder, like, in a rural area. Or if it's, like, even if you're in a rural area, if you're in medicine, you know the best thing is generally, as a general rule, you know the best thing is, you know, birth control, you know, being accessible. And so you make it accessible.
1: Yeah. And maybe it's,
2: I mean, there's been horror stories about plan
1: B where there's a young girl, they don't want to give it to her, but, and I wonder if it's similar for birth control. But but I think this is one of those things that even though it doesn't solve every problem, like it's a step and it
2: helps. As long as it helps anyone. Yeah. I know that's what I was thinking too, Alyssa, when you just said it's controversial. I like, I was thinking about like my own daughter, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Yeah, I'd want her to go see a doctor. Yeah, I'd want her to talk about family health risk of, I mean, if we had high blood pressure or stroke or any of that stuff, but if it was between no birth control and birth control from the pharmacist, I'd pick birth control from the pharmacist. I mean, we also have to remember, like, back in the day
1: before, like giant like conglomerates of pharmacists like yeah. you know your pharmacist was the person who showed you how to take your medication who talked to you about con meds like whatever yeah. so they do have medical knowledge yeah. it's just a different and I same if I had a daughter I would prefer that there was a doctor involved but I would also prefer that there was birth control I'd rather have birth control, control than nothing to know yeah. yeah so it's a it's an interesting thing So did she talk about is this the same bill as the one that puts it on college campuses or is that am I confusing the two
0: that that's different she also mentioned that um and that they're still working on getting 24 that was no that was for emergency contraception that she is oh, okay. for college okay, okay. campuses okay um, I'm, gl-
1: I'm glad I wasn't imagining it. Thank you for yeah, also the Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, she
0: said they're still working on making um, emergency contraception more accessible on campuses. And they're trying to get schools in the state to be required to have it available 24-7. Because um, some, like, some schools, they have it. You have to go to the clinic or something to get it. Yeah. But the clinic closes at 5 p.m. or something.
1: I remember when Diana talked about it. She used my alma mater as an example, which
2: I won't mention right now. But I was like, woo <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember her saying that the condom doesn't break between 9 and 5. The condom breaks at 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. So what was your session about Okay.
2: So, um, the one I'm going to talk about today is uh, human trafficking. Um, and the reason I'm going to talk about it is because it. I have information from Women's Legislative Briefing, and then I also have information from the Human Trafficking Commission of Montgomery County. I sat in on a meeting um, a couple weeks ago, so I'll just go from the macro to the micro if that helps. Um, Project management speak. Oh, was it? Talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, it's just like... I don't know. Yeah. Prefixes. <laughs> um, so at the federal level, what exists is the TVPA, the Trafficking Victims Protection Act.
1: Can I, so if, in case anyone is listening who is as ignorant as I once was, is there a standard definition for
2: human trafficking? There is. Let me tell you what it is. Just, just. Human this. trafficking. <laughs> so, so we're going to get into this a little more in a second, okay. into the weeds on the two different kinds of human trafficking that exist. And the ways that the state of Maryland um, right now fails on half of the, the, well, not half by numbers, but half of the equation of human trafficking. Um, So human trafficking at the federal level uh, would be defined as um, involving force, fraud, and coercion. It has to have all three of those things to be, those are the three major tenets of human, of someone who's being trafficked. So there's labor trafficking
1: and there's sex trafficking. I I gotcha. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. So, um, for example, um, with sex trafficking, um, a pimp could, um, a pimp would use coercion, um, to, to get the person to do what he wanted them to do. So one example, which we'll talk to, to in a minute when we get into the bills. But one example might be a pimp is trafficking, has has gotten a a young woman or a girl, and he says, and maybe she's in the country legally, but her family is not in the country legally. And he says, he gets her by force, some force of violence, kidnapping, whatever, or grooming and, you know, that way. Then he coerces her by saying, I'm going to make sure that your family goes gets deported you don't do this i'm calling ice your parents are gone right um and then the fraud piece a little more into the into the weeds and we'll talk about it especially what it means in montgomery county Mm -hmm. for how they for how that works um you can go to amazon.com and buy manuals on how to be a pimp like I get the first, I I really like the First Amendment as we've
1: discussed. Mm-hmm. But really, Germany has freedom of speech; they right. do it better than
2: we. Well, you don't have to sell it on your marketplace either, right? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you could you could be like, "That's um, what I mean. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, that's part of it. Right? Publish the book, but I'm not going to sell it. Yeah. Um. So you you can you can buy that. Um. So, we don't recommend it. This is not a commercial for that, right? No. Um. All right, so the, the panel that I listened to actually at um, Women's Legislative Briefing um, was moderated by Marcy Morales, um, and then it had a few different people on it. A uh, guy from Prince George's County, who's um, the executive director of their, their um, commission on mm-hmm. the matter, Nina Carr, who works at Hartley House, which is in Frederick, and they provide wraparound support um, for survivors of violence in Sexual violence, including trafficking, um, and then uh, Wendy Stickle, who is um, she's on the Montgomery County Human Trafficking Task Force, and she's also a professor. She's a PhD. She's really Doctor Wendy Stickle. She has a PhD, and she teaches at Maryland. Hmm. Um, and then Amanda Rodriguez, um, who's the uh, Chief Program Officer at Turnaround Inc., which is Baltimore County and Baltimore City um, wraparound services and and things like that. Um, and then there uh, was supposed to be a judge on, and she wasn't there, and I was kind of sad because I would have loved to get the perspective um, just from that, from yeah, the judicial side on, of it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, the number one thing they said, which I'll say again, you know, they said again at the Montgomery County, or they said before at the Montgomery County one, was that um, you know people of any age, any background, are susceptible to this. Um, there is a wide variety of people who are currently victims people who are survivors of their of what has ended up bringing them to this whether it's immigration you know or refuge trying to trying to seek refuge here by any means necessary whether it's um, drug or alcohol abuse uh, you know where they got kicked out by their parents and ended mm-hmm. up homeless um, LGBTQIA plus youth, who end up homeless because they're not accepted in their homes, Um, lots of reasons that can put people in vulnerable situations that make them susceptible to the fraud, force, and coercion that's involved. Um, And like a lot of them were saying, like, especially in Frederick County, when they talk to people about it and they try to raise awareness about it, or Montgomery County, people say, that does not happen here. There is no way that happens here, and they, and they, it's not that they don't know the word human trafficking. There's a
1: place in the mall right over there that I'm pretty sure is a front. Yeah, and what? I used to go there all the time. Which place? And the the Lake Forest Mall. There's like an oh. acupressure massage place. We're going to talk about acupressure, Jenny Rose. And I'm really glad I you brought this up. Used to go all the time. I went there the day I met my husband, and then when I learned what human trafficking was, I was like, uh. uh well, I'm never going there again. Like, and I know it, I know there's licensure and all that, but
2: that's it. right in the middle of Montgomery County. And that actually really matters what you're talking about when we get to Montgomery County and the way that they're trying to um, change the laws because of places like that. Um, So you're way ahead of where I was when I started with these meetings. Um, So they were talking about most, most um, survivors who they end up who end up in Hartley House or one of these places identify as domestic violence survivors, not as trafficked hmm. people, because they've been coerced into believing that they're part of a family unit. Um, their pimp might be someone they're intimate with, oh, um, and so they usually come not because of the trafficking piece, but because they've been harmed or they're afraid um a lot of them are not harmed physically anywhere on their bodies that you can see because then they would be less appealing to a john who was buying them for sex um which i have to tell you there were many parts of this both of these meetings where i was between crying and vomiting just just in case anybody needed a warning (laughs) before we go forward um So there are lots of things that they do at not at the bill level, but things that like not at the the legislative level, but things that counties do. Um, For instance, uh, they're trying to they're trying to start a survivor services fund Mm -hmm. within the like our air the DMV kind of Mm -hmm. so that money that's recovered in a trafficking bust would go directly towards the treatment to help survivors. Um, Nice. Yes, very nice. Oh. Um, so that's something. That's an example of something that can be done without legislation. That's just like a, like a policy, a, yeah, or like a budgetary issue, basically. Um, so, uh, it, it, you know, okay. Anyway, um, so there are a bunch of bills. So Let me talk about the bills at the state level. Um, there's House Bill four hundred and sixty-one, which is Senate Bill five hundred and eighty-one. Um, it's Marcy Morales on the House side and Victor Ramirez on the Senate side. um, This is the uh, authorizing, I'm gonna just gonna read you directly from the bill. Authorizing for purposes of filing a petition for you non-immigrant status, that's a U visa. um, A victim of qualifying criminal activity or the victim's family member to request the official to certify the victim helpfulness and they give you the form number and all this stuff. Um, Basically it's if Someone has been brought here and used as a you and, and trafficked for sex, it's a way for that person to be able to get a temporary visa mm. if they've been helpful. So if, if a if a woman is afraid to come forward and say what's happening to her because she's afraid she'll be deported, mm-hmm. she's not going to come forward. Right. So this is a way to say, no, no, if you help us and you're here and this has happened to you yeah. and you help us we're going to get you a u visa so that you can so that you can stay and and then we can then we can work out the paperwork and stuff to see if you can get permanent status in the country but it's to prevent that a woman being too afraid of being deported to come forward and say that this is happening You're or not just a woman a man a, yeah. a, a, a Going to, any, any, Dare any. I say it's sanctuary. Sanctuary, <laughs> yeah. And actually, you know, immigration is tied up a lot in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll. I think that a lot more immigration bills will come into it. But that's um, one. Uh, there's another one that has no number yet. Uh, Susan Lee is a sponsor on the Senate side. Kathleen Dumais is a sponsor on the House side. Um, this would expand protections for trafficking survivors, which would include vacating nonviolent crimes. Um, so they there is the there is the legislation we talked about from Emma about say, mm-hmm, can we talk about this at about decating like you, you can't be not you can't be charged as a prostitute <laughs> for prostituting yourself if you've been trafficked right you're either a victim of the crime or you're a perpetrator of the crime you're not both things yeah um, this kind of expands that even more to say anything you did while under the control fraud and coercion of your Pimp, or for lack of a better word, I mean that's the word they use a lot. But in in labor trafficking, it wouldn't necessarily, you know, you wouldn't call that person a pimp. But whatever, um, anything you've done, including shoplifting, petty theft, anything, even if it's nonviolent, that you would still have that vacated, um, which is better than expunged. Apparently, they Marise told me because expunged is like you had a record, but they were like, no, no, it's been whatever happened. They expunged this is vacated, like it never happened. It wasn't expunged. It never happened. Um, It also allows the judge, this bill would allow the judge to dismiss um, the case before a hearing. If the judge looks at it and he says, no, these charges are brought in bad faith. Mm -hmm. We know this person is a survivor of trafficking. We're not even going to have a hearing on this. Vacate the charges before there's even a hearing. Um, So that's that. There is an unnumbered bill. They're calling it a lang- the language bill right now because it changes language. Um, not from English to anything else, but <laughs> <laughs> language in the bill. Um, so the current trafficking statute is confusing. The wording makes it dif- more difficult to prosecute. Um, the new language would make it easier to read and would make it easier to prosecute somebody. Um, it adds labor trafficking. So right now sex trafficking is the only one that's named so this would add labor trafficking also sex trafficking right now is named but it's in the obscenity section of the code um and so this combines labor and sex trafficking into one category and moves them into the 300s which are crimes against a person which is where it belongs all the time oh i see um i see and okay so that that it does that and it also separates out right now there's something called a house of prostitution um that's like wrapped up in the in sex trafficking so if you solicit if you're a, a person who solicits a prostitute if you are the prostitute or if you are the person running the house of prostitution it's all the same code so like if someone goes and looks at it and pulls data they don't know like if it's Alyssa Balsley. they don't know if i'm the solicitor the prostitute or the madam. They don't know which one I am. just goes
1: with your interrupt mystery. Yes, right.
2: (laughs) So this would allow, um, this would separate out the the statute. They're three different things. Yeah. Um, And especially, right, knowing what we know that the prostitute could be trafficked, could be forced into this. We don't know. There could be coercion. So it separates the statutes, um, which just kind of makes sense. Um, So that's all that unnumbered language bill. Then we have um, House Bill 346, Senate Bill 297. Uh, right now, these are, they at the at WLB, they said they did not have official sponsors mm-hmm. on them. When you go on the Maryland Assembly website and look these up, they just say, Speaker of the House, President of the Senate, um, as their sponsors. They don't say Michael Bush, who is the Speaker of the House. They don't say Mike Miller, who is the President of the Senate. But they say the titles. So I'm not sure why that I'm not sure why that is or what the thing is. But there were a few of them when I clicked on it. There are a few bills that are under theirs just their two titles and is that, not under a person. Is that what happens when it doesn't have a sponsor? Maybe. Like it just like they have to put something. Yeah. I I've, I've seen them without numbers, but I've never seen them numbered without a sponsor. That was the first time I had ever well, looked one up that was that way. For the mom's to an action bill, didn't it not have a sponsor? No, it had, did, sponsors, it had a but sponsor. But no number. I gotcha. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, um, so what this, what these, this bill, the one in the House and the Senate would do is make sex trafficking a crime of violence. Right now it is not a crime of violence. And if something is not a crime of violence and it's not, you know, it's not moved into like we said before, the 300s of crimes against a person, Mm -hmm. it means that, um, Someone can be paroled when they've served only twenty five percent of their sentence. Um, So switching these would make uh, would give greater. They would have to serve more of their more of their sentence. The punishment
1: punishment would maybe be greater, so maybe people would stop doing this yeah
2: I mean the punishment would stay the same it's just that you wouldn't be able to be paroled after 25% of it so like you're right I mean that, the actual punishment would be the same but the time you serve yeah. would be yeah you're right the, the, the actual punishment would be bigger would <laughs> <laughs> bigger how much you actually are yeah um, and I think it's also a safety issue of keeping the person away from the, yeah. the people who he's trafficked <laughs> Um, Okay. And then there's also an unnumbered uh, foreign labor bill. Uh, So that we'll get into more, too, on the county side, what you were talking about. But right now, there are no licenses required for, like, contractors who contract out work to small. Like, so if if a contractor has a bunch of people working for him, he collects all the data. He knows all the information about their names. He keeps the hours, all the stuff. We just trust them to do that. And, um, we don't make them get a license and, like, give data to anybody. We also don't make them pay taxes
1: on those workers as well. Well, yeah, and and the
2: workers don't get darn guaranteed, right? They could be trafficked. They also aren't guaranteed any certain pay breaks, any OSHA stuff, and none of that is happening. They're not protected. Um, so this foreign labor bill is, um, uh, Chris Valderrama on the House side and then Susan Lee on the Senate side, um, also does not have a, a number yet, but it would be regulating foreign contractors um, who do that. So just a little more at the state level, um, there's a safe harbor working group. Um, and Marisa Morales, who we have talked about many times, who's our friend um, who is moderating this panel actually, um, is a leader there. Um, so she talked about this a lot. Um, right now, they're, they're working on decriminalization of sex tra- trafficking for children who are trafficked. A child can be charged with prostitution. In... Jenny Rose is making a really amazed face. <laughs> um, so the state basically just needs to respond with services. So, so they need to decriminalize prostitution for children. Um, what they're doing now is creating a pilot uh, to look at the cost of um, doing a response that's not via the justice system. So, in other words, uh, a young girl is sex trafficked. Right now, she would be charged as a prostitute. Then they could vacate, and whatever, but her her entire care and and, and whatever rehab and whatever would go through the justice system. Whereas now, what they want to do is do this pilot program. So that they'll, she'll be identified as a victim. She'll become a survivor. And, you know, once they get her out of her situation. And then she'll get services that she needs through the whole thing. Now, this is if she's caught. It's not like you. this girl goes to Hartley House and they turn her into the police. This no, is no, like if I she's caught just,
1: in that I was just making the WCF face for a while. I know.
2: No, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so, uh, you know... It, so uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up at the state level, um, someone asked a question about um, hotline, the hotline number that's posted in the airport, that's posted in the, about that being in restaurants, hotels, places like that. Um, I'll talk to you at the county level about what we're doing about hotels, but uh, similar things have been done in, in other places. And basically what the answer was, was, you know what, if we warn these places that this is a possibility, we train them on how to identify it, and then we find out that they're doing it, it's a lot easier to prosecute than if we just post a hotline number there. If we do the actual training, they have no excuse to say that they didn't know what was going on. Um, so that's another like non maybe legislative way, but, but a way of looking at the problem that might at a glance seem like it, you know, it would make more sense to do it a different way. But for prosecutorial reasons and, and for holding people accountable, it's, it's much better to give the training to places where it, it could be a problem and then if they get caught, you you can hold them accountable. I
1: always thought those were there for because I always see them. I drive up and down ninety five mm-hmm. a whole hell of a lot, mm-hmm. and I thought I always see them in the rest stops. Uh huh. And so I thought they were there specifically for
2: victims.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize they were there for like places too. Right. Because they're always like on the like you know, on the back of the bathroom. Yeah. Right? So
2: no, I think they are, but I think what there's, I, I, I think you're right that mainly they are for the victims. But if they, like, go into a restaurant or a hotel or something and they're like, we're going to post this in your break room or we're going to post this in whatever, it's not as effective for holding them accountable, especially if they think there might be something going on in that particular location. Um, so in Montgomery County, um, the county council, um, just to segue here, has done a... Did a survey um, in the community, and they basically um, asked people at different, you know, hotels, restaurants, school, everywhere. They did they did just a huge community survey, um, and they basically said, "What do you know about trafficking? What do you What do you want to know? What do you want?" And actually, they found that most places um, were really enthusiastic to have someone come in and do a training on what it looks like, what your rights are, what you can do about it, um, how to prevent it. Um, especially, like, I think, like, some of the major chain hotels. They've been doing trainings there. Right. And to go back to our friend
1: in the unnamed candidate t-shirt,
0: <laughs> although
2: I feel
1: more confident saying this, who isn't against sex trafficking right. or labor? <laughs> you know, I mean, I could, I could see... I mean, I don't even want to think about the labor aspect of it because that's, I just remember 2020 stories from when I was a child, but the sex trafficking, like, that's horrendous. It's all horrendous, but who isn't against that? Probably somebody. I don't know.
0: Probably Roy Moore.
1: (laughs) That's a very excellent point. (laughs) Because if those women were strong enough, they would get themselves out of that situation and they like it.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm going to go take a shower now. Um... Yeah, um, there's a there's a lot of Montgomery County. There's a lot of help in Montgomery County, and I've got to say I was heartened by this meeting. There were police officers there, prosecutors, state's attorneys. I mean, there was there were so many people there who were who did care. I mean, I know people don't, <laughs> but it was nice that there were so many people there. Um, so a lot of the talk that they did was about how we can inform the community, how we can um, let people know what's going on. Uh, what sorts of supports we have for women beyond mental health, which is obviously super important. Um, But like goals for after release, how we can support these women and men, but a lot women um, into getting on their two feet. And then once they are, how can we support them as they move forward that way? Because it's not a I mean traumatic is too small a word for, for what it is.
1: And A B one, what I know that now that now now's six court tenants, the one is like ending violence against women or something like that, but didn't it used to be end the sex trafficking to prison pipeline? Is that no, um, that's
0: one of the action. That's one of running. the the national action campaigns is it's now called End the Criminalization of Trauma. There you go. Uh, yeah. I mean but, that, that Yeah that's that, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, ending violence against women is one of the core issues, and then the a- national action campaigns feed off of the core issues.
1: Thank you. Uh, but that's that's what happens to these women. It, like, now, isn't that what happens? Like, they're, they're, they're trafficked, and then they wind up in jail, and it's a, and there's no support, and there's a cycle, and it would be nice if there were
2: resources to break this cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, and the the thing you were talking about, Jenny Rose, about um, like acupressure places and stuff like that. So those places, it it was so interesting listening to this because they are licensed differently. So like there's like the massage parlor license and then there's these new like reflexology, acupuncture, um, places like that. Wasn't
1: there a push a few years ago? Because I remember this and this is what stopped me from going there. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there a push a few years ago where Uh massage parlors had to be licensed? Yes. And then when the massage parlors had to be licensed, like, there was a pushback, like, why are we doing this? Like, it's, it's big government. This is stupid. And, and the article I was reading didn't, didn't go into gory detail about it. Yeah. But it did talk like this helps prevent labor trafficking, sex trafficking, like all that. And then back home in New Jersey, our old neighbor was the city attorney. And mm-hmm. him and my dad still talk and all that stuff. But he was telling my dad how they were starting to license the massage parlors. And they, in the same action, they were doing massage parlors and reflexology, acupressure. So long story short, that's when I stopped going to that place. Yeah. Because I was like, oh. So we don't
2: have those licensed yet in Montgomery County.
1: For the and acupressure? For that.
2: Yes. And um, so, for instance, like, a guy was there who's in charge of, his group is in charge of, like, going in and doing surprise visits to restaurants, right? And making sure that they're up to code and not, not, he wasn't, um, not fire code, but like building code and whatever for the county. Um, so, and like that everybody's, or I guess not building code, but like Help employee code, code yeah. yeah, employee safety code, whatever. So he said like, if he's sending someone to a restaurant and they're near a reflexology place, they'll say, go do a surprise visit at that place because they have the jurisdiction to do that. So they'll go do a surprise visit. The place will suddenly close down and pop up somewhere else, like, a couple months later. Um, And the bottom line was, to seriously, the bottom line was, there's not enough money. It has to be legislative because there's not enough money to send people to go check all these reflexology places and, like, catch them in the act and shut them down like vice in montgomery county surveils places and they have to just like collect data and collect data and collect data to build a case right um whereas this guy can go in they need a warrant this guy because of like a secret shopper yeah exactly he can so he can go in but he has a tiny little budget his job is just to like check and make sure restaurants are doing what they need and people are getting breaks and you know everybody's so like he was talking about how he has like interns (laughs) who just like map out literally like drive around and map out where the reflexology places are so at least they have it like on the radar yeah. and when they can they can yeah but that they're like kind of playing whack-a-mole with these places um so it'll be interesting to see what happens with montgomery county but they talked a lot about reflexology and stuff they talked a lot about safe harbor um and they also talked a lot about labor trafficking and and putting labor trafficking um into the into the Legislation um, and making sure that that happened, and Montgomery County is also, you know, careful that we we have much. We're we're ahead of things. Um, we're a rich county. We're and and like yeah, and like PG County actually was pretty ahead of things too when I was at this um, thing. But like, it's when they start doing stuff at the state level, they're looking at the whole state and like places where they there is no human trafficking commission or where there's not a whole lot of, so they're making law and you don't want them to preempt our law with a state law and then make Montgomery County or PG County or someone who's, or Frederick County, someone who's already more into it, um, into the weeds on it. You don't want them to, to preempt your law and then, you know, have a problem there. So I know that the people in the counties are working really hard with the state level people to make sure that it doesn't mess with our law. That's already, you know, a little bit farther along. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Sorry, that was long. That was my human trafficking. My other one's shorter. (laughs) (laughs) But I went to two meetings about human trafficking.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. And I think it's something that, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's easy to care about, but like it it should, like you should be able to talk to anybody and be like, this is a problem. And they'd be like, yeah, I think that's a problem. Like this, you know.
2: Um, Well, and actually, that was the the number one thing they said um, was that, you know, people don't know about it. And um, Wendy Stickle from Montgomery County said, I wrote it down, go tell three people something you've learned today. That way you've alerted them to the problem. Because the number one thing is that people don't know there's a problem. They don't know. So it's not that they wouldn't be outraged if they heard there was a problem. It's that they do not know there is a problem.
0: Well you told yeah. more than three people now.
2: Yes, I have. I told so many people and a cat. They just told a cat. Yeah,
1: Cubby <laughs> <laughs> is in now informed.
2: Um but yeah, if everybody goes and tells three people, then it would be great.
1: Yeah.
2: Cool. Well thank
1: you for that. Um Evie One, you wanted to talk about our favorite presidential candidate.
0: Oh, I did. <laughs> um so Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about her, but so, uh, something came out in the New York Times about how uh, Hillary Clinton, um, when she ran in 2008 there was uh, one of her advisors her faith advisor, of course. um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, (laughs) um, because I feel like that's always how it works Um, uh, he was uh, accused of Sexually harassing uh, one of the women who worked on her campaign, um, and she didn't fire him. Uh, she made a, a very long Facebook post explaining what her rationale was at the time. Um, she said that if she had to do it again, that she wouldn't do it, and said now she would make different choices. Blah blah blah. Um, but essentially, the guy got demoted, and I think. Um, She she docked his pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Docked his pay and made sure that he wouldn't come in contact with the woman. And then she said basically that it was a situation where it was a woman reporting to a woman who eventually reported to her a woman who was the final decision maker. Um, And she asked whether women have more of a responsibility to come down harder on... On predators and I don't. I mean, well, first of all, I just want to make it very clear that the current president is a sexual predator, and his actions should be dealt with ASAP. I think it's weird how she used to go and like defend herself all the time. She's not the president, but then also, I don't really like what she did. <laughs>
1: So I have an unpopular opinion, Uh an unpopular devil's advocate question, And and I say this not knowing what this guy did to this woman, so that's a big caveat, and I also say this as someone who was a victim of workplace sexual harassment, but my question is, does every case of workplace sexual harassment need to result in firing? I personally don't think so. And I was reading a lot about this because I didn't want to, like, I just wanted to read, like, other things. And, and, I mean, in my case, to go anecdotally, this particular person, I reported him to HR twice. The first time I reported him to HR, my intent was not for him to be fired. My intent was for him to understand what he did was wrong. And maybe he needed some training. Maybe he needed, like, I didn't think what he did was a fireable offense. Um, He didn't touch me. He didn't solicit me. It was just inappropriate discussion. And when we said, like, this is inappropriate, he just kept going. And he was young, you know. So in my, and again, I don't know what this woman's situation was. I don't know what happened. But I didn't want him to be fired. I wanted him to be trained. Or counseled or whatever the second time it happened when there were like rat like rackings up in his file where I wasn't the only person who who reported him and blah 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 an entirely different story but my my question still the same like is every episode of workplace sexual harassment worth firing or is it does it make more sense to Demote the person, dock their pay, put them through counseling, make sure they're not in a situation to interact with the person they are. Like, I don't know. um And I mean, I think because she's Hillary Clinton, like, this is a thing. But I just don't. I, I don't know. I, I just like when I read that, I was like, well, does everybody need to be fired? But I say that not knowing what he did.
0: Well, I don't know what he did either, obviously, but. I was gonna say that every single place that I've ever worked, I distinctly remember reading when I, like, first was like onboarded, that there are zero tolerance policies in place for sexual harassment. And oh, yeah, I don't know if that's everywhere. Like, I don't know that I that my
1: companies where I've worked have a zero tolerance
0: policy for it. Well, I don't know, but I'm from I guess I work in a lot of places that are friendly to women um, just and majority women employees um, but I, I know that has been the policy at every single place I've worked starting from when I was in high school I remember learning that when I got my high school job and that was before 2008 and the fact that uh, she didn't have that policy and she's sh- I, I don't I don't like it sorry Hillary I don't like it. I was,
2: a, I was amazed by a lot of things about this. I one was not a feminist issue, but a political issue. Why on earth was right. it ever Where's brought that? to her? The first person fires him, and when she says why, the person says, "Trust me," and doesn't even tell her why. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know that much about politics, but that seems basic. To no, me. No, no. I can agree with that. Um, I wonder if, and I. I voted for Hillary Clinton, and I do. I wanted to vote for her, and I'm sad she is not our president. I think she would have been a great president. I wonder what happens in if that news story gets out that you fired somebody for sexually harassing someone at work when you're married to Bill Clinton. <laughs> like good. I wonder, I wonder what the spin is on that. Do you know what I mean? Like I wonder if that's a consideration of like. Did she feel like she couldn't throw stones in that situation once she had heard about it? I wonder if that was a consideration for her. Yeah. I, I guess, mean, I really... And would, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been or
1: should have been. I'm yeah. just wondering. Yeah. Like I said, devil's advocate. Like, my, that's my question. Like, should ever really, like, Like, what did he do? Like, did he send her an inappropriate... Like, I don't know what he did. And I'm using, like, my situation, which is not... Many people have different workplace harassment situations. Like I know, like how some of us felt with this particular individual. Like we were like, he's just like, you don't say this stuff to women you work with. You say it to women on the, like women on the street, or you say it to your wife. You don't tell us, oh, you look nice in those hooker boots today. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you, you just don't do that. It's also just and it, but you know, you're right. Yeah. And when your boss, and my boss was also a woman. And I didn't like her response because her response was essentially like, oh, he's rough around the edges. It's fine. Like, no, I wanted her to sit him down and be like, this is how you do this. But it's a whole other thing.
2: Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I don't – and that workplace was predominantly women. And women were high up in the company and we didn't have a zero tolerance policy. So I think it's just –
2: yeah, I, think, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like it, That I didn't like it when I heard this. No, I, I, I didn't, didn't like it. I didn't think there were two sides, which were the feminist reaction the, in the lens of feminism. There were two sides, which are or two issues. One is, she let him keep going, like, right, like, this, yeah. that, what we're talking about, right? which is right. And but then, then he also, got fired
0: later from another job for doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, but then also... There's the thing, uh, which I do understand, too. I think they can both be true. I think it can both be bad, that very bad that this happened. Yeah. And also true that she's being vilified because she was a woman who dared seek power, so she will be vilified for every mistake she's ever made forever. In, not by us discussing it as feminists, but vilified on the larger stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I tried to think about it from
1: different perspectives. Like, how would I feel if it was Bernie? And I would have a totally different attitude. Right. But then how would I feel if it was Elizabeth Warren? That's where really I went. Like, Mm. because the Bernie thing, I was totally biased. We were like, you traitor, asshole, you don't care about women already. Like, so I couldn't go there because that was an emotional reaction. But it's a... I voted for her too I wanted her to be president I thought other women probably would have been a better woman to run but still but yeah, I don't know it was hard it's hard yeah it's it's, it's one of many difficult conversations that people have been having lately
0: I think going back to a couple things you said first we keep saying we don't know what the guy did but it obviously did something to make the person uncomfortable enough to have to report it. So it doesn't really matter what he did. Um, He did something and then obviously did it again later and got fired from a later employer. Um, But uh, also with the Bill Clinton thing I think who knows what they would have said if, if she had fired him and people would have drawn that connection. I don't know. But if you take on the position where you are an employer you should have like HR policies and it shouldn't matter what's happening in your personal life um you shouldn't let that affect what you do in your workplace and okay. do I, I think agree. And, like if she had won and she was the president would I be like she needs to resign no But I wouldn't, like, feel the same enthusiasm about her. Because I think she betrayed a woman. And, uh, I also, at the same time, think, if you're talking about other people and how we would react, I think it's bullshit that she has to, like, come out and talk about something that happened ten years ago. when Donald Trump literally brags about sexually assaulting people and he's sitting on his fucking golden toilet.
1: Well, nobody knows if he's used that yet, but yes, I agree with you. I I, uh, agree with almost everything you said because I do think there's a distinction between someone saying, like, you look hot today versus grabbing someone in the bathroom. Like, there's two very different distinctions that could both constitute workplace sexual harassment. And that's where I'm coming from where maybe there was a discussion of, he did this, okay, and also, and I didn't read, read the article, but some of the things that I was reading today is, were that, you know, people, women don't report sexual harassment at work because they're afraid of retaliation. Other times, women don't report sexual harassment because they're, they don't want to ruin someone's life. So that's kind of the like what Again, was this a fireable offense or was this counseling offense? And it does there is something to be said that he then went somewhere else and did the same thing and got fired. So maybe this person wasn't counsel counselable, just made up a word. Um <laughs> kind of. But that's just like I said It was an unpopular opinion, but I did find myself asking, is every piece of harassment a fireable offense? Just like, I don't think Aziz Ansari deserves to go to jail, but I think what he did was wrong.
2: Um, Actually, um, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about my other um, women's legislative briefing thing next time. But just because you just said that and because we're talking about this. Um, one of the women um, who was on the panel about sexual violence um, she talked about Aziz Ansari and she said there's a, you know there's a difference between sexual respect mm. and sexual assault mm. and yeah. it's very bad to yeah. not respect someone sexually yeah. that is very bad It is not, it might not be illegal but it is very bad and shouldn't happen and we need to fix it and men need to get their shit together yeah. and we need to do, you know, but, but she was saying like, you know, when you conflate them, it sometimes weakens your argument. Yeah. Um, yeah. not, not sexual yeah. harassment. Like we're talking about with Hillary Clinton, cause that's like actual yeah. defined sexual harassment in the workplace. But just because you brought up about Ansari, like yeah. that, like that there, yeah, like maybe like in, in the legal world, there are all these different strata of what something is, but how violated a woman feels. Doesn't correspond to the legal strata that that her harassment or assault is is part of. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm used to having the unpopular opinion. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. mean, I do I think that it's not unpopular. I think it's just confusing. Yeah. And it's and it's and I and, and the emotions around this are really confusing because the reason. Pro con list aside, yeah. right? Hillary Clinton is. We hold her up now, feminists. We yeah. can hold her up now as the first woman who broke these glass ceilings and who did all these yeah. things for women. So this, it does, it does feel like a, a betrayal. I don't, yeah. want, I don't want her, like Alyssa was just saying, like I don't want her all over the news, like being degraded and like yelled at when yeah. Donald Trump gets to be the president. But, but it, a, hurts, it hurts my feelings. It's
1: disappointing. <laughs> yeah. It's disappointing. Right. She's the, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Right. And maybe I'm a little angry. Because, like, you, like, there's one side of me that's, like, is it fireable? Like, was yeah, the victim of Yeah, yeah. You know. But then there's the other side. Like, come on. I know. Come on. You should know better. I know. I want yeah. her to be above it. So, but she's human. I know. She's, she's. And us humans are flawed, or we humans are flawed. Woo! I have a grad degree. Um, and, and, you know, I get angry at people who hold her up as this perfect human yeah, being. Yeah, I know. And we do get evidence every day that she's not a perfect human being.
2: And no one is. I know.
1: Yeah. So, I just...
2: I know, it's tricky, because it's very emotional.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, no, I try to, like, okay, if it was Bernie Sanders, how would you think? Yeah. Fry the bastard. Right, yes, right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the... <laughs> That's why, because you're mad
0: at Bernie Sanders, but disappointed in Hillary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, and also, I think it's a it's a flawed comparison for many ways, but also because he's a man and she's a woman. Like, I think the whole thing where she's a woman and and she didn't take the woman under her wing and, like, do everything she could, like, that's... It, it, it does feel like a betrayal, as we wish she would have taken us all under her wing. Yeah.
2: You know, but I... Just confusing emotionally. Yeah. Um, 52 women listeners, I have a treat for you. Counselable is a word. Oh, thank you. It's an adjective. <laughs> its popularity though is in the bottom 10% of words. <laughs> this is girls supporting
1: girls right here. In case you've ever seen that
2: <laughs>
1: Oh, sorry. So
2: there you go.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> No, and oh, EB1, the other thing I wanted to mention about this that goes into the, maybe I'm a little angry about it and very disappointed is this story broke what was it, a few weeks ago? Because I sent EB2 the screenshot and I was like, well, shit. Yeah. Like, and then I didn't hear anything about it for a few days. And I was actually super surprised I didn't hear anything about it because, like, I mean fresh meat for the vultures. And she released this Facebook statement like 15 minutes before the State of the Union which come on that's like when I got like a 75 on a paper and I waited until like we were walking to school to tell my mom like hey can you sign this that's what that was (laughs) to like a worse degree like that was some that was some bullshit right there and that I think that piece of it Put me more into the negative emotion part of it, but I think that like that was a cowardly move. Like,
2: but I, I didn't know when that came out. I didn't realize that.
0: Maybe she yeah. thought Donald Trump was yeah. going to mention it though, and she what was like, happened? maybe she thought Donald Trump was going to mention it, and she was like, I have to say something before he does. Maybe I don't know. Gonna, I didn't watch the really- State of the Union. I don't give a shit what Donald Trump has to say, so I have no idea if he has said anything about mask this. And
1: read about Nazis. I felt like those two things would prepare me better for the future.
2: <laughs> it's probably about the same, to be honest. Yeah.
1: No, but I, I think it's, I think even though it's it's a hard topic and it's confusing, I think it's a really good thing to bring up because we just need to be informed individuals and not a, no one's perfect and, yeah.
0: Like, I would say, think, I'm thinking now... Like, if it was the primaries for 2020, and there was multiple women who were running, and I already have people who I would like to run, and who, if they became the nominee, I know I would vote for. Um, Yeah. But if it was, like, during the primaries, and I found this out about the candidate of my choice, or somebody I wanted to make it through the primaries, I would, this would, like, taint it for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the other thing um, I wanted to bring up that totally not Montgomery County related, but it pissed me off. Um, So I I watched the Grammys on Sunday, and I didn't watch, like, all of them. Um, I had a long drive, and I was in a hotel room, and I was like, ooh, it's like a concert. Um, And then I wound up staying up too late because they were like, oh, Kesha's going to sing. And I was an early adopter of Kesha. Um, some would say I have awful taste in music, but I like poppy happy dance music, and that is what Kesha was. Um, and you know I like how she's evolved and, and all that stuff. But I mean, we all know what she went through where she was abused by her producer, locked in a room and yeah. then Sony wouldn't let her out of her contract. Have a hashtag free Kesha. Taylor Swift gave her like Taylor Swift gave her a quarter of a million dollars for illegal stuff and just to live. Like, um, so no one tell me that Taylor Swift doesn't support victims of sexual whatever. Um, but they had made this big production of the Grammys, like, oh Kesha's gonna sing. It was a choir, it was Cindy Lopper, um, I think Camilla Caballo was there. There were a lot of artists, um, or quite a few women, and when they set and I was surprised, because when they announced the list, I thought they would do, like, Kesha yeah, would sing one part, Cindy Lauper, and it, they really didn't make her the star, and it was like they sang back up in the choir, and I, I was like, in my in my heart, I was like, I wonder if they just did that, like, if they rehearsed it differently, and they did that to support Kesha, yeah. like, that's that's what the Cindy Lauper in my brain would do, um, okay. <laughs> right, does not care like sony wouldn't let her out of her contract they have been doing this to women for i mean lady gaga says she was raped by a record producer when she was 19 she still won't say who it was r kelly still exists r- oh r kelly chris brown <laughs> yeah like still selling music yeah
0: actually um, new york kelly- now is just protesting what? r kelly had a concert in new york Or has one coming up, and they were doing a bunch of protests around that with the Black Women's Blueprint. I think they're doing
1: it in Baltimore, too. Like, Kelly Clarkson, I think, has said she was, I don't know if she's actually come out and said she was abused by the same person that Kasha was, but I know she said he gave her an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Like, those times when Kelly Clarkson was, like, super, super skinny, Mm -hmm. like, they, they forced her to work with him, like... Um, and Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. and Mariah Carey married, like, I don't know, Tommy Mottola was how many years older than she was? He locked her in the house, and, and she churned out music. And you can see the definitive change after the divorce. Butterfly. Like, that... Like, they're all the... And don't even start with Celine Dion and her husband. Like, <laughs> Alyssa just looked like she was going to throw up a little bit there. Like, this is, like, a thing... And they don't care. They just want to make money. And these are white women, yeah. right? Like, with the exception of Mariah Carey, who's, I mean, her dad's black, but. Rihanna and uh, Chris Brown. Rihanna and Chris Brown. But these are, like, the examples I'm giving are white women. I cannot even imagine what they do to women of color. Oh, Lana Del Rey is the other one. Um, th- there was an interview released by Vanessa Carlton a few days ago where she said she signed an NDA. Mm. Like, what, like. So, to put this big show up there, what are you... Like, it's just pissing me off. And why are you putting Kesha through this? Kesha has been through enough. off.
0: Yeah, well, Vanessa but, Carlton started a petition to get the um, president of the recording industry to step down.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, like, I, I just... Because he said... So, the, so, of all the Grammy winners, one or two received an award on stage. Alessia Carr got Best New Artist, which... Fantastic! I think she deserves it. There was one pop song of the year where it was like five women: Ed Sheeran and Ed Sheeran won. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, like, and I like Ed Sheeran. Yeah, but no.
2: Um, Um, I mean, ever since Lemonade lost, or no, lemon was Lemonade nominated. Yeah, yeah, it was. was, She she lost to Adele. Adele. no, yeah, I'm
0: biased. And Adele was like, (laughs) "I love Beyonce." I
1: am biased, but yeah, no, they were. I was. to keep it the other day, mm-hmm. and they were talking that's about so yeah. They were talking about how the Grammys are essentially just like bullshit. Yeah,
2: like they're dead, like yeah. like
1: they're just like because lemonade. Like while I preferred Adele, I don't think I've ever heard lemonade. Um, I'm not a Beyonce person, and okay. that's not a negative statement. It's just it's very different from other Beyonce. It's really good for running a lot. Of that's fun. but um I liked Adele's album, but they I were did saying, too. But they were saying that. Lemonade was a cultural force, mm-hmm. which that's true. Like mm-hmm. Lemonade should have won. Like it's not scored the same way the Oscars are scored, right? Um, but they were talking about like the the pop song of the year, and I can't. I remember Pink was in that category. I think Rihanna was in that category. Like all these amazing women were in that category. The award goes to Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Are you? F- and I love Bruno Mars. I hate Bruno Mars the Best album of the year, I have no idea. Um, I have no problem with Bruno Mars, but like people said something to this president of the recording academy, and he was like, Well, women don't bring their best. So they need, yeah, to, step women up. need to step up. How the Yeah.
0: And then Vanessa Carlton was like, uh no, buddy. And yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I guess he walked back his comments
2: after like Yeah, Katie, like pink and I mean, people like said people stuff.
0: Out. Yeah. I don't
2: know. But just, I mean Cardi B, who is I I I love Cardi B, and she was up there on stage with Bruno, Bar- yeah. Bruno Mars singing Finesse, which I love the song. I love yeah. that song. It's fun. Yeah. Um, she ha- She's raps, and her, you know, Bodak Yellow was, like, beat Lauren Hill for, like, longest woman yeah. rap, top of the charts for rap. I love that song. But, like, it's not broad, like, reaching enough. Like, you couldn't play it in an elevator. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like wasn't going to be on stage, even though that like to beat out Lauren Hill's record. for good. Chart topping. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. At, like just that she was on stage, but she sang back up to Bruno Mars yeah. versus singing her song that like broke all these records. It's and
1: Lord was nominated. There was
2: one category where, and I know it was Lord, and I can't remember what the
1: album of the year, but. um all of the other artists who were nominated for album of the year performed, except Lord. Yeah. Lord was there. Yeah. Why couldn't Lord perform? Right. Like, I would hear Royals again. Yeah. Like, she doesn't even have, like, so I yeah. don't, it's just, I mean, we think there's this reckoning happening in the film industry and in TV and all over. Like the music industry is like 300 years behind. Yeah. And, and it doesn't seem, and I don't know that people are, and I'm going to use the word that I hate, Woke enough to realize yeah. that this goes on yeah. when you have women still sticking up for R. Kelly, who apparently has his own sex cult. Ew, God. and fuck Chris. And Martin. Chris Brown.
0: Yeah. The people who defend Chris Brown are like in. They go after people who say anything against Chris Brown.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Chris Brown sounds just like Jason Derulo, and I don't think Jason Derulo gets anybody. So. <laughs>
0: To be 100% honest, I have no idea who three-quarters of the people you just talked about even are. Um, Jason Derulo got his
2: sheets on the floor
0: and nothing on him. That's the Jason Derulo song I know. I don't know that song. Back in um, the 60s, one of the biggest girl groups of the time was the Ronettes. And... uh, I mean they were like huge. They The Rolling Stones opened for the Ronettes on tour and they were the only f- uh, female group that was invited to go on tour with the Beatles. They were like big time. And they were in, in based in New York where Phil Spector he uh, was like this the genius, they called him, behind the girl groups and, and the wall of sound and He was dating and eventually married the lead singer of the Ronettes, Ronnie Spector, Um, and when they got married they moved to California and he literally held her hostage in their house Um, and had like barbed wire outside and bodyguards and like pulled a gun on her one time um, until she literally had to break free from her home. With no shoes on, like, ran down the street barefoot, like, got her feet cut up, running away from Phil Spector. When he held her hostage in her house, she wasn't allowed to tour. Um, she wasn't allowed to record or perform any music. Like, she was the lead singer of one of the biggest groups at the time. And, like, totally disappeared, basically, from the face of the earth because he imprisoned her her in their house. Um, and he like ruined her career while he flourished and became you know Phil Spector the genius. Ronnie and and the other Ronettes eventually had to sue him to get uh royalty money from or for their music because he kept all the money that they continued to make off like these mega hit songs like Be My Baby um and it wasn't until like recently within the last like 20-25 years that they actually got paid for all the, like, back money that they got, that they missed out on because Phil Spector is a freaking psycho. Um, and, like, nobody really talked about what he did to Ronnie. And then, of course, now he's in jail for murdering his girlfriend. I was gonna
1: say, isn't he in jail for murder?
0: Yeah, but, like, if they had just freaking paid attention to what he did to her, or even cared what they did, what he did to her, like, maybe that other woman would be alive. Like, the music industry just doesn't really care like they just shoved some other woman who wasn't ronnie specter out to leads be the lead singer of the ronettes when they went on tour people were just like okay no more ronnie that's cool
1: yeah the one i forgot to mention tina turner yeah like that that's the one i forgot like that that's like although one of my one of my biggest biggest nitpicks on beyonce and I think Jay Z sings it in the one one of the songs. He says, "Eat the cake, anime."
0: Ugh, I
1: can't remember what song it is. It, it, I don't know if it's Surfboard or whatever. But he says, he says, "Eat the cake, anime," and it's a it's a reference to one of the times Ike Turner was beating Tina, and because her name was Anime, mm-hmm. she Force fed her cake. One of one of my snitpicks with Beyonce but that's probably the only negative thing I have to say about her and I don't even know if that has to do with her because it's technically Jay-Z's part of the song because the first time I heard that I was like what but you know rap music isn't known for its love of women um
0: no it's not
1: yeah <laughs> so that's just, that was just my thing like I just went like <sighs> There, there needs, like, that whole industry needs to blow up, but I don't know that it will.
0: I don't know. Unless there's some, like, giant story to take down somebody giant in the music industry like they did with Harvey Weinstein.
1: Yeah, but people have to care, right? Like, the people, yeah. that's the thing. Like, people have to care. Like, everybody knew what Sony was doing to Kesha, like and the judge even said to her something like, Well, why would your record label not want to let you out of this con like not want to take him out? Like they're losing money if you're not making music. Like, what why not? Like, because they didn't. So I don't I think they're I'm very pessimistic about it, where I agree, like maybe there's some big story, but the industry
2: has to care and it doesn't seem that they do. Yeah, I think the only hope we have is that where movies need a soundstage and all kinds of stuff to make huge blockbusters. Yeah. Although I guess that'll change too. It's easier for easier for a music artist to get us their music than it is for a film star to get us a film That's independently, true. right? Yeah. So our only hope is that it, they take it down from the inside out yeah. and we start getting music in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And it... it, it the powers out of the hands of these, eventually out of the hands of these executives and into the, yeah, the artist's hands more. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: also, like the, also artists don't really make that much money off their record deals anymore because people don't buy as many records, so they make yeah. the majority of their money off of touring. So if people, enough people will go see them on tour, like, the record label, like, isn't going to be impacted if people don't buy their records. Like, if people like the songs enough, like, they hear them when they go out to a, the mall or a restaurant or watch it for free on YouTube, like, the record company doesn't really care. They care if people will attend their shows. And as long as people continue to attend their shows, it, like, the record label's not gonna care if somebody's a freaking rapist or whatever. As long as there's a fan base, it doesn't it doesn't matter to them. We do the woman of the
1: week? Sure.
0: Who it we? It's Black History Month. It is Black History Month. So we're going to do all black women for Women of the Week this month. Um, starting with today, we're going to do Coretta Scott King. Uh, Coretta was born and raised in the town of Marion, Alabama. After graduating from high school as the val- valedictorian, she went on to college where she pursued a double major in music and education and received her BA. Uh, she then earned uh, master's degrees in voice and violin from the New England Conservatory of Music. It was in Boston that she met Martin Luther King Jr. Um, who was still a PhD student at the time. They got married in 1953 and moved back to Alabama the following year. Coretta had numerous responsibilities as the wife of the church pastor at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, and she was also busy raising the couple's four children. Being a mom was her first priority, but she still managed to find time to speak at the church and for other local groups about civil rights and peaceful protest. Her background in music came in handy, and Coretta came up with the idea of putting on freedom concerts, with poetry, prose readings, and songs. She put on these concerts to raise money for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, of which her husband was the first president, and which was an action group that led many civil rights actions, including the Montgomery bus boycott. As she traveled around the world with her husband, Coretta became even more aware of the inequities between the rich and the poor everywhere, and the need for peace. Before Dr. King had spoken out against the Vietnam War, Coretta had already become very involved in pro-peace organizations and in speaking out for marginalized people both in the United States and globally. After Dr. King was assassinated in 1968, Coretta thrust herself further into the cause of social justice. She raised money and led the planning of the Martin Luther King Center for Nonviolent Social Change based in Atlanta. She was the founding president, chair, and CEO. She knew the center was needed beyond Atlanta and beyond the borders of the United States, so she built the center to be international. Its mission is to train people in Dr. King's philosophy, to archive documents of the civil rights movement, and to lobby to make Dr. King's birthday a national holiday. Coretta's life was dedicated to spreading the message of nonviolence to the world, and she traveled to many countries to speak to and advocate for that message. In nineteen eighty five she was arrested at the Embassy of South Africa and in Washington, DC, for protesting apartheid. There were happier times too. Coretta was a woman's strike for peace delegate to the Disarmament Conference in Geneva in nineteen sixty two. She was the first woman to deliver the Class Day address at Harvard, and was the first woman to preach at a statutory service at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Coretta was a coalition builder and brought together more than 800 human rights groups and formed the Coalition of Conscience, which sponsored the 20th anniversary of the March on Washington. Coretta Scott King spoke to and impacted Prime Minister's presidents, popes, the Dalai Lama, and so many more. She marched for civil rights in the segregated South She was present when Nelson Mandela became the first democratically elected president of South Africa. She left a legacy as rich and as beautiful as her husband's, and even her final message is one of peace. Her chosen memorial inscription um, is from the Bible, and it says, quote, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. When did
1: did she die? She didn't die that long ago, right? I just remember because... Um when Jeff Sessions was being nominated for something they read her letter. It was Elizabeth Warren. That yeah, was that's else. that's that a was nevertheless so the nevertheless the persisted. They inter- they were able to introduce the letter and he wasn't confirmed for whatever it
2: was. But yes, Coretta Scott King's letter. But oh, when she wrote the letter. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. He
0: was, yeah. Yeah. She he died in 2006. 2006. Oh. Yeah. Um yeah, but yeah, that's the letter that eventually Elizabeth Warren tried to read. Um, and that's where we got the nevertheless, she persisted.
2: I think that was when he was becoming district attorney or state's attorney or something. It was, yeah, something, it was something in, it was something,
0: yeah, in yeah. It, it was something in Alabama. Um, yeah, local yeah. politics in Alabama. Or state politics in Alabama.
1: Yes, I do remember that now because it was like you wouldn't let him at, like, this letter prevented him from having state's office, so are you are going to give him a national office? Yeah. Or?
2: And also, I mean, if anyone from Alabama is listening hi <laughs> but like alabama was like oh that letter makes sense yeah. <laughs> alabama alabama,
0: alabama hey, like, and mississippi <laughs> are like the two worst yeah. civil rights states in the country
1: right well they elected him senator so <sighs> all right well i think i mean i'm excited for our next recording, because we also have a lot of good local stuff to talk about, and some other fun, good news stuff that's maybe not so much of a downer. Is me yelling about the Grammys or us being super disappointed in Hillary? Um, we still love you, Hillary. Yeah, we do. We just we're we're disappointed <laughs> in you right now.
0: Yes, I like, like the better. personal message. message. Just do better. <laughs> I like the personal message to Hillary, like she listens to this. You never know. <laughs> I don't know.
1: We're getting more traction lately. Elections are coming. Maybe someone will be like, hey, Hill, they're talking about you. They have a message for you. In my dreams.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, keep dreaming, Jenny Rose. Whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rock. <laughs> Positive thinking.
0: Uh-huh.
1: All right. Well, bye. See you next week. Bye.